0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others, in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Why should God let you into heaven? Have you been good enough to get in? Pastor J.D. today reminds us that no one is good enough to get into heaven on their own merit. Our trust must be in Jesus, not in our own morals or material things. Before it's too late, let's make sure that our trust is seated firmly in Jesus alone. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's prophecy update as shared on March 25th 2023.
1: I want to quote just the last paragraph from this article. The rise of cryptocurrencies has created a unique opportunity (laughs) for market forces to spearhead a shift toward a truly neutral reserve asset with U S leadership more unpredictable than ever. It is an opportunity that should not be missed. Oh, wait, US leadership, more unpredictable than ever, 2018. Who was the president in 2000? Hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Fast forward to the present in the CNBC report on Tuesday, March 14th, about Moody's cutting the outlook on the US banking system to negative, citing a rapidly deteriorating operating environment. Moody said in the report, we have changed to negative from stable our outlook on the U.S. banking system to reflect the rapid deterioration in the operating environment following deposit runs at Silicon Valley Bank, Silvergate Bank, and Signature Bank, and the failures of SVB and SNY. And by the way, speaking of not forgetting, how many weeks ago was it now that the unthinkable happened, even in the cryptocurrency market, with the exchange collapse. Do you see what's going on here? (laughs) They are crashing everything so that they can force everyone into this bio, digital, cashless, verified, blockchain technology currency transaction system. You ready for this? This uh, CNBC article was Thursday. Our uh, main uh, transcriber sent me this. I was just blown away. Um, J.P. Morgan is launching a biometrics-based payment system for merchants. Listen very carefully to this quote from the report. Its biometrics based payment pilot includes palm and face identification for payments authentication in store and works on an enroll, capture, authenticate, pay basis. Under the heading of, how do biometrics-based payments work, they say, and I quote, after a short customer enrollment process in store, the workflow is, cashier scans items or customer uses self-service terminal. By the way, you know how over the years they've been conditioning us self-checkout? Oh, and try to use cash at the checkout. You talk about people looking at you with that look. Really? You you still use cash? Get with the program. You we're not in the dinosaur. Age. What is the matter with you? You're holding up the line. No, I want to use cash. How about that? No, nobody does that anymore. Oh. You know why, right? Isn't it true they make make it so convenient? And not just they, they make it so convenient, they make it infinitely more inconvenient to do what they don't want you to do anymore. So, What's the workflow? What does it look like? Cashier scans items or customer uses self-service terminal. User scans palm or face, forehand or forehead. User completes checkout. User gets receipt. The payments are, listen, phone-free, private, secure, Yeah, right. Fast and simple. Wait, what, phone free? Oh, I don't do this, but I guess now you can just pay with your phone. In fact, some places you cannot even pay with your card anymore. You have to use your phone. And they got the QR code. It's conditioning. So am I making you very uncomfortable right now? This is a bitter pill to swallow, isn't it? You still use credit cards? What's the matter with you? Ah, oh, just scan your phone. Here's, here's what's coming, and very soon, by the way. You still use your phone? Oh, I just <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, that was Revelation thirteen.
0: the forehead, the forehead.
1: (laughs) Does J.P. Morgan read the Bible? This is why I must, I must speak the bitter truth. I I can't keep it in. And again, I, (laughs) I do so with the hope that the bitter will be the catalyst for the sweet. Because when you realize that your money is worthless, by the way, you know that, right? I I think of that proverb, just let me have this one, okay? It's very descriptive, and it's actually very humorous. It's one of those proverbs that convinces me, like I need more convincing, that God has a great sense of humor. Um, it goes something like this don 't feast your eyes on wealth because they will surely sprout wings and fly away to the heavens. Does that sound like your paycheck some months when you run out of month before you i mean you run out of money before you run out of month what 's the point uh, don 't uh, hold on too tightly to that it's not going to save you. Your money's not going to save you. Your government's not going to save you. In fact, it's quite the opposite truth be made known. And this is the bitter bottom line. And this is the bitter sweet prophecy that Ezekiel and John and the many others like them had to speak. Whether the people would hear it or refuse it. They still had to speak it, because there are some who will come to the bitter realization that I've put my ladder up against the wrong wall. I've put my trust in the wrong things. I'm putting my hope in this world, and the things of this world, and this pastor who yells and spits on Sunday mornings (laughs) on the windward side of Oahu just kind of ruined all of that for me. I did, in Jesus' name, didn't I? So now you, you come to that bitter reality, and then it propels you to the sweet truth of salvation in Jesus Christ, and the gospel, the good news of salvation. Because, see, Jesus came to this world, and he was crucified for you and for me. He paid our death penalty. It was a penalty that he did not have to pay, but of his own volition, and because of his love, he willingly paid for me and for you. He was crucified, and then He was buried, and then He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again soon, and very soon one day, to take us out of this world. Hold on loosely, please. It's okay to have things. It's okay to have money. Don't let money have you. And don't put your trust in it. Don't hope in it. Don't fix your eyes on it. I promise you, according to the Proverbs, it'll fly away. Bye-bye. It was good while it lasted. This is why we do these updates. This is why we end with the gospel. This is why we end with the ABCs of salvation, which is just a childlike explanation of salvation. It's very simple. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner. I mean, it has to start here. Because if you don't see yourself as a sinner, then you will not see yourself in need of the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. You might be a good person, you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've missed the mark, the mark of God's perfect standard of righteousness. In fact, that's what the word sin means. It's an archery term of missing the bullseye. Well, I've hit it a couple of times, doesn't matter. You only miss it one time, you've broken the whole law. You fall short, you miss the mark. Now, you're guilty. So we have to enter into the courtroom of eternity with the judge of the universe for the sentencing. What's the sentence? The death sentence. For the wages of sin is death. But, just as they're about to carry you out and carry out your death sentence, in walks a man. No ordinary man. He's the God-man, Jesus the Christ. And he says to the judge of the universe, Stop. I will go to my death for them instead of them. And the judge looks at you and says to you, I'll speak for myself, because oh, he's a local judge, remember? <sighs> Dude, good news. You're free to go. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Wait a minute, you mean I'm not going to be put to death? I've been sentenced to death, I know, but Jesus is going to die in your place. Uh, Wait, um, how does that work? I mean, what do I have to do? Nothing, he did at all. Uh, Is there a, a certain fee or cost? No, he pays the cost. He pays in full, and he purchases us and gifts us the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B, very central, is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And this is the expression of believing in your heart. It's a calling upon him, Romans 10, 13. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I implore you today, if you've never called upon him, believing in your heart acknowledging your sin, putting your trust in Him for the forgiveness of sins. I implore you, I I beseech you, I plead with you, do not delay the most important decision of your life for eternal life. And maybe I'm talking to somebody watching online. You're watching this for this reason. Today is the day of salvation. Let's end with today's But God testimony. It comes from Melissa, very well written, and I really wanted to share this with you today. Greetings, Pastor J.D. A couple weeks ago I met with dear friends for lunch and they questioned in love why I was a member of a church in Hawaii instead of one locally. I had been part of the Sunday school ministry prior to COVID, I told them I was struggling with the idea of returning to any church that didn't have discernment about COVID, still acknowledging COVID protocols, or ignoring what is happening altogether. I have looked at a number of them in my area. They are both injected, speaking of the people she was having lunch with. Last Saturday, my mom and I dissected it a little more. Her former pastor encouraged the shots from the pulpit. And pressured his staff to get them. My former pastor is a good Bible teacher. He takes an unapologetic, solid stand on morality issues. He loves to preach about the rapture, and he has done all these things for decades. However, he has avoided the democide subject and taking a stance on the injections. You spoke about pastors who ignore prophecy in one of your sermons on Sunday. It isn't that I am feeling a conviction from the Holy Spirit, but because it is unconventional to belong to a church in another state, I also listened to my former pastor's latest message afterwards. It was about the rapture. Why wasn't it enough, though? I had a lot of anxiety when COVID was released. It wasn't the virus itself, but the change and uncertainty it produced. Our church closed, but opened up before many others. The state mandated masks, but the church didn't. Most of the staff got COVID in short order. They never bowed to fear, and sermons did speak about disobeying government when there are attempts to hinder or limit worship. However, with regard to the experimental injection, we were on our own nothing said, suggested that it was even happening. The sermons were very much like the sermons in 2019, but the world I was living in wasn't. I was looking for information from alternative media, talk radio, and prophecy sermons by other pastors. That is when I came across one of your updates. I was sure I didn't want an experimental injection, but I didn't have information about the known dangers. You can imagine my surprise when I heard you say, this is how it ends. (laughs) And then she says this, I was terribly thirsty for someone to connect the Word of God to the events I was living. I absolutely needed it. I wasn't on board after one sermon. It's okay. (laughs) But I knew in my heart I was hearing from the Lord. The uninjected were second class citizens at work. My daughter's family embraced the propaganda. I didn't have physical contact with my grandson for several months. My closest friends were injected. My mom and brother live with me and depend on me. A job loss would be a big deal. I was strengthened by your messages and quickly had the conviction to stay a pure blood. I remained thirsty to hear someone speaking the comfort that comes from the truth. When mandates came along, Sisi Kaneohe was prepared to meet the serious need it was easy to access and share with others. The letter I wrote to the leadership of my company to ask for the exemption contained a lot of material from your sermons." By the way, parenthetically, let me insert, um, I just learned uh, recently from Jim Cote, a dear friend of mine, the Master's Touch, that we are still sending out about 100 exemption letters per week. Week. And this after we've sent out over 100,000 exemption letters. What does that tell you? And it's so heartbreaking, I'll just say one last thing and then I'll finish up. This is so well written, so encouraging. It's so heartbreaking when we get people emailing us and saying, you know, my pastor refused to write an exemption letter. In fact, I was rebuked for not being ejected." She goes on, in my spirit, I know I need to belong to a church that can discern the times. In this case it may have literally been the difference between life and death for my mom, brother, nephew, or myself. Discernment and the courage to speak it and the ability to prepare and provide resources. It is unorthodox to belong to a church 2,500 miles away. It means ministry to others looks different. I walk a different road in many areas of my life. I don't want that to include my church life. It is exciting to belong to a ministry that doesn't let the mountains of fear and intimidation get in the way of ministry. Love and blessings to you and the saints at C.C. Kaneohe, Melissa, that's you. I want to just say lastly that uh, I could see why pastors would falter and cave and acquiesce and give in to the pressure, and want to stay away from this. It doesn't excuse it, it it does explain it. But they do so not only to their own peril, but to the peril of the people. And I just want to recommit to you that I will never be bullied by anyone ever, (laughs) ever. (laughs) Because I must, I must. I can't keep it in, even if I tried. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't be able to keep... It burns within me. This is it. This is it. This is the end. Okay. Praise the
0: Lord. (laughs) You've been listening to a prophecy update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.